0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pro's Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and we're on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike NFL. We've got some Dynasty talk today. Just in general, we're going to talk about our three players that we think we should be getting rid of while we can, uh, three players that we think we can get a lot cheaper than they're actually worth. We're going to be talking some draft pick trade scenarios, how we would approach a startup dynasty league and one player that we like heading into the draft because we're going to be doing a lot of draft talk later. Tags, I'm excited about the show. How you doing, man? I'm really excited. Uh,
1: it's a chance to finally get into a topic that we can't really talk about too much throughout the season. I know we throw it into... Uh, the conversation every now and then about dynasty, but dynasty leagues are so much fun. If you're like a year round fantasy player and you want to get into something like this, this is the episode to listen to where you can find out, you know, if you're just getting into one, what players should you be attacking in drafts? You know, what is a dynasty draft pick actually worth? Because that's a question that
0: most people just really don't know the answer to. You know, it's a question that if, if people would look into it, they might make better decisions because some of these trades that I see in dynasty leagues, I can't even believe they were offered, let alone are being considered. Like, why would you think that someone would accept that? And then people accept it. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. And that's what I'm saying. It's what led me to do
1: an article, and I do it every year. I'll be doing it again this year, on what is a Dynasty draft pick actually worth? Like, historically, you know, numbers don't lie. Are there going to be some exceptions to every rule? Yes. But your trades should not be made on exceptions, but rather the odds of things working out in your favor.
0: And that's what we're going to talk about for part of today. Dynasty League's tags, there's so much of a difference in, in skill, you know, because everybody's listening to the same stuff for... For redraft leagues, there's not as much of an advantage to get. Everyone knows who the best sleepers are and everything like that. In Dynasty leagues... Every league's a little bit different, and draft picks especially, and all the trades that everyone makes, there's so much of an advantage to be gained if you would just actually think about it and look at the analysis, so we're really excited to talk about it. All off season. we're going to be having shows going on. Uh, Now, Tags, I have a story I want to get to before we jump into it, just to see what you have to think about it. Now, before we get to that and move on with the rest of the show, I wanted to introduce the winner of last month's contest for the signed TY Hilton Colts helmet, it's Sangeet from New York. Congratulations to him. And we've got another contest for you, Tags. Are you ready for this? I know what it is. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. I was told what it is. You're not allowed to win it. We will not draw your name. If you have a burner account, we're going to find out and not pick you. It's a signed Amari Cooper Cowboys helmet that we're giving away. This is crap. It should have went right to my house. (laughs) You can just get one for yourself, man.
1: I mean, I've tried before, unfortunately. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that I didn't get the Amari Cooper Raiders helmet that I was bidding on for such a long time. But yeah, I, I felt like this should have gone directly to my house. So if you guys win it, I just want you to say, if you want to pass it on to me, just, just, just a thank you, <laughs> I will
0: totally accept it. We are going to be picking a winner for this one on March 15th. That's a Friday, so make sure to get your entries in before then. You might as well do it now before you forget. only takes like 30 seconds. Just go to fantasypros.com slash contest for details to enter. doesn't take very long. And this comes to us from pristineauction.com, so thank you to them for giving us this helmet to give away and all previous and future giveaways that we have done and will do. Um pristine auction. If you haven't checked them out, they've got hundreds of items that they auction off every day. And there's some incredible values. If you just go take a look, like yesterday, I saw a signed Dennis Rodman Bulls jersey. It's really cool. Went for 61 bucks. A Dennis Rodman signed Bulls jersey. They've got all kinds of football stuff, of course, too. I saw a signed Amari Cooper Dallas Cowboys jersey. Went for just $63. That's a great value. There's great values right now during, uh, the off season of football because not as many people are paying attention. This is when you take advantage of it, right, Tegs? Absolutely. This is the perfect
1: time to start a collection. If you haven't already, uh, this is the time where it's like people are starting to have football go to the back
0: of the mind, uh, get on there and get some deals. Like I just got on the Rob Gronkowski helmet. And also, Pristine Auction, everything is guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. So speaking of Amari Cooper tags, I've been telling you about some of the deals I saw on him, and I don't know why there's been so many deals on Amari Cooper. Frankly, at this time of the season on Pristine Auction, there's so many deals on everything football. But I saw an Amari Cooper signed football and tags. I got it for myself this month. In fact, I just got an email right before we started. It's on my doorstep.
1: Oh wow! I just got a notification that mine shipped. I actually ordered a new helmet. I got Rob Gronkowski to add to my helmet uh, collection. I figure. There you go. If he retires, I-, I I would think that his you know his signatures would only go up from there. So I figured it was a chance to like get Gronk before it went totally crazy. Because yeah, Tom Brady's are still uh, crazy expensive, but he's uh he's gonna be playing for a little while longer.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, man, here is uh here's the story I've got for you. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm especially into politics like I'm involved at the at the state level and political candidacies and everything like that. So I was at a political dinner earlier in the month with three state representative candidates showcasing themselves. When I went to the restroom, I noticed one of the candidates came out of the stall, you know, the stall where you go to poop, didn't wash his hands. So I'm sitting here thinking like this guy is going to shake as many hands as he possibly can. What? Should I have done?
1: I think you have to leave it be. I mean, the only thing that you can really do in that situation is just not shake his hand yourself.
0: Yeah, but then I can't shake anyone else's hand either because he has shook everyone's hand that I would be shaking. Yeah, I would just say, you know,
1: when anybody offered to shake your hand, I'd be like, look, I've been really sick. I just don't want to get anybody sick and uh, exchange germ- germs with anybody, but it's a pleasure to meet you. The the reason that's even worse at a, at a restaurant to see that happen is because you know how thin the toilet paper is in restaurants, right? Oh, man. Like, it's like an airplane. I was just on an airplane last week and it's just like, I, I went to like wash my hands and that's all they had. And I'm like trying to wipe my hands and it goes right through it. So,
0: yuck dude
1: that would be terrible I yeah I mean adding in the fact that it's a restaurant just makes the situation worse so I would have pretended I was sick
0: and uh not shaking anybody's hand I thought about just leaving I thought about like calling the guy out before he left the restroom like okay if he's embarrassed by one person and the people in the restroom it's a lot different than a lot of people like eating his poop or whatever <laughs> you know what I mean but, oh man,
1: I'm not a public shamer. I'm not a, maybe he went in there to text. Maybe he was doing something that he didn't want to get caught doing at the table and he was just sitting in there to text or something. I don't know. There's, I, I'm not into the whole public shaming thing, but, uh, definitely wouldn't have shaken his hand.
0: I know. I didn't want to like, but, but I did, I definitely told the people at my table, like, Hey, don't shake this guy's <laughs> hand. Cause I don't know, man. I can't believe people do that. stuff. So if you're listening to this show and you don't wash your hands after you poop, knock it off. <laughs> All right. You ready to talk some Dynasty, buddy? Oh, man. More than ever. All right. (laughs) Mostly because I brought that up and you just want to get away from it. Is that what it is?
1: It just makes me uncomfortable.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. First question. We each decided we were going to pick three players that we think we should get rid of in Dynasty Leagues while you can. My list, I think, is probably going to surprise some people, but kind of like the NFL, I like to be ahead of the curve on these guys before their stock starts to drop and you can't sell them anywhere. Tex, let you go first, though.
1: Yeah, I'll start with a guy that's going to be coming off an Achilles injury, and those are very difficult for any player to come back, let alone an aging player. And I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders in this one. You can kind of tie it in with Demarius Thomas. You could say that they're one player to me because both of them are on my get rid of list. Like, if you can get rid of them for a second round pick, I, I would take that any second. Just at the chance to find someone in the second round uh, with a draft pick, I would get rid of those guys. I just don't feel like Emmanuel Sanders... He's the one who's got a better chance just because he's not someone who relied so much on his body uh to do the things he did on a football field. He was a, I would say he was more shifty than Demarius Thomas and those wide receivers
0: usually last longer, but yeah, Thomas might be able to still go up and get it in the end zone. Sanders, his game it's, it's gone. He's either got to become a different wide receiver or he's just over.
1: Yeah. I'm the, that's what I'm saying is if you have these guys in your roster, either of those two, uh I'm getting rid of them for all that I can just because like. I mean, put him in a package deal, do whatever. Because some people still think that Emmanuel Sanders is going to come back and perform.
0: I'm just not one of those people. So we've got our dynasty rankings up, and these are consensus rankings. All the people around the industry who, who talk about dynasty for a living, these are their rankings. And Emmanuel Sanders right now, wide receiver, 44, number 111 overall. His ADP in Dynasty Startups 120. Tags. That's way too high for me. Essentially, you could get Michael Gallup, Kiki Q T. Marquise, good one. All these guys are going right around him, and I—it's not even close for me. I would rather have any of those guys than two Emmanuel Sanders. I have Emmanuel Sanders down at number sixty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man.
1: Wide receiver sixty. So yeah, it, that's that's why he popped up in in terms of for me. I I just think he's someone that I would get rid of while I can. I'd rather take the upside of a player. Like if you were to offer me Albert Wilson for Emmanuel Sanders, I might accept that.
0: Yeah, wide receiver sixty right now, Marquise Lee. Taylor Gabriel, Josh Doxon, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I agree. That's where he belongs. Adam Humphreys. I'd rather have Humphreys than Emmanuel Sanders. And I would definitely take the second round pick. What about a third round pick? Let's say no one bites and gives you a second. Would you take a third? I would not. Third round picks are worthless.
1: Yeah, that's basically one of the topics I wanted to get into today to talk about. You know, like, once you get outside the top 24 picks, you're basically a roll of the dice. It doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of the third, end of the third. Uh, you know, you're going to have your favorite players in the draft. You're going to have guys that you're going to just hope they fall into a good situation, that there's an injury in front of them. But historically, um, even if you look at the back end of the second round between running backs and wide receivers, it's just ugly. So uh, to give you guys a comparison, like part of the article I do, The comparison for the uh, running back that is taken in the second round is Orleans Darkwa. That's the career you're typically going to get out of a running back, which is an RB1 performance about the actual numbers are 8% of the time. You're going to get an RB2 performance 21% of the time. And then wide receivers, you're getting the career of Mohamed Sanu. That's basically what you get. Are there going to be some games in there? Sure. Uh, But that's basically what you're getting. Do you ever feel
0: comfortable starting Sanu? No, he's just like a guy you put in there through bye weeks. I mean, in, in deeper leagues, if you've got like four flex, yeah, I'd love to have Sanu. He's a great piece for, for depth and everything like that. But in a normal standard league where you're starting three wide receivers, one flex, you play Sanu three weeks in a season and he helps you in one or two of them.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's where it goes to. It's like looking at the the third round and beyond. You're looking at maybe a one in twenty chance that you're going to find a player that is going to be a fantasy star. Basically, like someone like Philip Lindsay, right? I got him in a few drafts last year. I think it was the fourth round I got him. And so, like you're going to find players like that from time to time, but it's very rare that you're going to find them. So, just play the odds here and just say that third round picks are essentially useless. So, I mean, I think there's a better than one in twenty percent chance that I'm wrong on Emmanuel Sanders, and he comes back and plays, you know, and he offers you. you you know, maybe one more year of fantasy
0: production. I don't think so, but it's
1: a better chance than you have with a third round pick.
0: So Tags, we've talked enough and we know each other well enough. We're essentially brothers. Like, you know what I'm doing next season in redraft leagues. What is one thing I keep talking about the position that I have to get early? I know
1: what you're talking about. You're talking about tight ends. You want to take a tight end legitimately in the top two rounds that you are not going to leave the top two rounds without a stud
0: tight end. There's no way I'm not getting Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, OJ Howard or Hunter Henry I'm getting one of those five period I'd prefer to get one of the top three because after those three go you have no idea if the next guys are going to make it around to you and then after that it's a disaster dynasty leagues hey I know everybody thinks the same thing about tight end they want their tight ends early Travis Kelsey right now is going number 23 in dynasty startups tags he's a few months younger than Rob Gronkowski I want to sell him now while his value is still that high because it's not going to last very long man Wow. That's a bold statement right there. I mean, not, I'm not trying to be bold. If I have Travis Kelsey, I'm selling him and getting an absolute boatload now.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the question is, what would you trade him for? So I'm going to give you a trade scenario right now. If someone came to you, let's say you on your bench, you have Hunter Henry and and you had Travis Kelsey and you're like, I'm going to trade one of them. If somebody came to you and said, I'm going to offer you
0: Sony Michelle for Travis Kelsey, would you take it? Mm, I'd ask for more because I think I could get more. Now, if, if it came down to it and nobody else offered me anything better, yeah, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I think I prefer Kelsey.
1: I still think you have another five years of Kelsey being a top uh, top three tight end. You
0: really think he's going to play that well until he's 34 years old? I
1: I mean, 30, wait, is he 29?
0: He's 29 years old tags.
1: Wow. That's not good. Um, uh, I didn't think he was that old. Like for whatever reason, Kelsey, I thought it was 27. I thought he'd be 28 this year. Yeah. That's pr-
0: wow. You, you probably have three years and that's, that comes around to, you know, how to, I mean, it helps that he has a, an incredible quarterback, a great offensive minded coach, but He's 29 years old.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm at the point where I'd sell him. I think when you get to 31, that's the point where you'd probably want to unload him. And I, I mean, if he's still playing at a high level, I'm sure people... By the time
0: he's 31, you won't be able to unload him for what you can get now. Right now, I would rather have OJ Howard than Travis Kelsey in a dynasty league. And you could probably get OJ Howard and a first for Kelsey.
1: Yeah, I don't... I'd still rather have Kelsey for sure. Um But... I mean, so think about it. Before this year, Gronk was still like a guy that was contending for that number one tight end spot in Dynasty. He may have been the number one Dynasty tight end. Oh, you're right. You could have sold him for a ton. You're right. Right. And so that's the thing is like, Kelsey, I don't feel like there's a drop off like there was with Gronk. Like you slowly seen him get a little bit more robotic. Well, Gronk's had 20 surgeries.
0: Kelsey's been healthy.
1: And he looks young. He acts young. Everything is good. Like Gronk, you could see he's he's aging just a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'm not there with Kelsey yet. Uh, he's still my number one
0: dynasty tight end. All right, tags. Who do you have at number two?
1: All right. My second one is Mark Ingram. And there's a lot of people that, you know, think that he might come back to new Orleans, that they might uh, sign him. I just don't think it, it it suits what they're trying to do, you know, to pay a free agent running back, free agent running backs right now in general are terrible. Like another player I'm going to lump in with Mark Ingram is Jay Ajayi. I think that these guys are absolute sells right now. And if they land a two year deal, I think it'd be very generous. And when you look around the NFL, There's just not a lot of open spots for running backs when you're looking for a workhorse, so it's unlikely that these guys are going to walk into a workhorse role, and if they do get signed, they're going to be part of a timeshare, and that timeshare is not going to be as good as the one that Mark Ingram had in New Orleans. It's not going to be as good as an offensive line as Jay Ajayi had with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, you go back to those Miami days where it's like, you know, he had a few good games, but there was a lot of letdowns there, so... With the running backs that are coming into the draft, the running backs on some of these depth charts, you know, some of the players who might be traded now as a fallout from that Brown signing Kareem Hunt, you know, there's so many things that go into this that I just feel like those running backs who are free agents right now, before free agency starts, I'd be looking to deal
0: them and I'll take a discount. I'm 100% with you because all I hear about Ingram right now is, hey, he's finally going to get a chance to be a starter on some team. I'm going to buy him. I don't think so, guys. I don't think this is going to happen. I mean, what's the difference between Mark Ingram and C.J. Anderson? I'll tell you what. C.J. Anderson was better last year as a free agent, and he landed a backup job to a workhorse, and then he got cut because nobody wants one of these older running backs. You look at the best running backs in the game. Barkley, Gurley, Zeke, McCaffrey, Kamara, Mixon, Gordon, Cook, Chubb, David Johnson, (laughs) James Conner. Every single one of them is super young. Mark Ingram really doesn't have a place in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be a free agent forever and never sign. He's going to be a second-string running back for the rest of his career, and you've got optimistic people in your league who think – Hey, this guy's finally going to be a starter. I'm with you, Tags. I sell him.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's just that, I mean, we see it happening every single year. You see some big names hit free agency. And I know that Adrian Peterson is going to force some people to be like, oh, Adrian Peterson performed. Adrian Peterson is a once in a lifetime running back. I don't think anybody would ever say that about Mark Ingram uh, or Jay Ajayi, who had knee injuries coming out of the draft. So I these are guys that I just don't want on my roster. I think their value can only go down from here, even if they do land on another NFL
0: roster. So at what point do you say do you start saying a running back is old for a dynasty running back? After 3 seasons? That's the thing. I think it uh, it, it coincides with their with their
1: contracts, right? So I think that a a, dyna, a running back should be considered old when they get to a contract that expires when they're 27 or 28 years old. If anything beyond that, obviously it's considered old, but that's when I think you need to look at it and say, I don't know if teams are going to invest in a guy that's 27 or 28 years old and give him a 3 or 4 year contract. So that's that's the age where it's like you hit so I mean, from their rookie deal, they're they're, they're definitely going to get another one if they're a, a big-name player, but if you get to the point where you're 25, 26 hitting free agency, that's not so bad because you probably have limited tread on your tires. Do you think of
0: David Johnson as an older running back?
1: He's getting there. When he came into the league, he was one of the older ones, and that's something that a lot of people don't know.
0: He's 27 years old
1: already. Yeah, you have to look at the tread on his tires, and that's why it was like I was wondering what was going to happen with Arizona. Fortunately for them, that you know they extended his contract last offseason, so he's kind of stuck there. Unfortunately for fantasy owners, you know, he's stuck with uh, Josh Rosen, a non-mobile quarterback behind an offensive line that's terrible.
0: Hold on, let's let's clarify. They're not getting Kyler Murray, right?
1: No, they're not taking Kyler. Like I would be willing to bet a, an awful lot of money on the fact that they're not taking Kyler Murray number 1.
0: Yep, I definitely agree with that. I wasn't going to say David Johnson. The reason I want to bring it up, David Johnson's played 49 games in his career. Derrick Henry has played 47 People are really excited about Derrick Henry. Hey, he's finally going to be the starter. They said this last season, right? And everyone said, all the experts in the industry said, don't draft Derrick Henry. Like He's going to be splitting time with Deion Lewis. Tags, I think it happens again next season. I don't think that they suddenly give him 300 touches. I think he's stuck in this. I'm going to get 200 carries, maybe 15 receptions, and help you You know, three, four weeks in a season. The rest of the time, you'll be pulling your hair out. I'm trading Derrick Henry while I can. Yeah, he's not a three down running back. I mean, I'm with you on that one and like. Talented, super fast, 250 pounds, ama- just absolutely amazing athlete, but yeah, fantasy football. I don't want to spend a fourth round pick on him. That's what you're, that's what you're getting for him. Especially when
1: it comes to leagues that are PPR. And you know, it's it's, what, what's, what used to be standard was like you sign up for a fantasy league and the, the hosting site, a lot of time it was standard and you could pick to upgrade it to half PPR or PPR. Nowadays it's either half or full PPR on almost every site. So standard's like a thing of the past. So when you have a running back like a Derrick Henry, like a Sony Michelle, they're unfortunately not worth nearly as much because they're just not very involved in the passing game. And when they have Deion Lewis signed to the contract that they do, it's like they're going to use him. Uh, Derek Henry needs a certain type of game script in order to to be the running back that he was, you know, towards the end of the 2018 season. And I just don't know if the Titans are the team that are going to do that. Now that you figure that the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the division, they're going to have a new quarterback. Their defense is still elite. You have the Colts in that. You know, the Colts, obviously, are a team that took a massive step forward. I just don't feel like the Titans are a team that's going to be, like, heavily favored for very many weeks during the season.
0: And that's essentially what
1: you're looking for when you, when you have a player like Derek Henry.
0: Tags, I just saw something. That blew my mind, and I cannot believe people are doing this. Derrick Henry is going in the same spot as Leonard Fournette and 15 picks ahead of Chris Carson. (laughs) He's going in the third round. Somebody is going to take Derrick Henry in the third round again when they could have Leonard Fournette or Chris Carson are you kidding me? Is this a dynasty startup you're talking about? Yeah, dude. Wow. I don't
1: get it. I don't get it because, like, think about it. So is Derrick Henry? He's going to be a free agent after this season, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're worried you're worried about Rashad Penny, and you're not worried about Deion Lewis. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand why Derrick Henry would be considered a third round. Pick. I don't
0: even think I'd pick him in the third round of a redraft league, let alone a dynasty. It's nuts, man. This is absolutely bizarre. You know, I didn't have Chris Carson on my list. But now that I see how cheap Chris Carson is, oh, I want him in every dynasty league, please.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really tough because I, I always, I've been saying to myself, it's like, all right, something's got to change here because Seattle can't go into the, the season with these two running backs in the roster. Uh, they do average more carries than any other team with their running backs in the NFL, but I just can't see them continuing to have a first round pick on the bench in Rashad Penny. I don't know if they trade Penny, I don't know if they trade Carson, but both of these running backs I would think are deserved,
0: the guys that should be on the field, uh, in somewhat of a workhorse role, and Chris Carson proved that down the stretch, so. He was one of the best five running backs in the NFL in terms of, watch him on tape, he's incredible.
1: Yeah, I agree, he looked fantastic down the stretch, and that's like, that's usually when, like, running backs start to wear down a little bit, but he
0: looked really good. You know, I think if this was any other team, we'd be saying, Well, of course, they're going to trade Penny. Why would they trade Carson? He was amazing. But then it's the Seahawks. So who knows, man? Maybe they'll trade both of them. Well, they used a first round pick on Penny when Carson was on the roster. So, yeah, I don't understand, man. Okay, let's keep moving. Who's your third and final player that we should trade?
1: This was really tough to narrow down. Um, I do. I want an honorable mention for Le'Veon Bell because he should be on this list. Um, He's someone that I would sell if I had on my roster right now. I don't own him anywhere. I don't think I think I'd buy him
0: from you If you own him, trade him to me.
1: Yeah, I I mean, if I have him on a roster and you're in that league, I will definitely move him um, because I I feel like his situation is only going to get worse. And the Jets are rumored to be releasing Isaiah Crowell. So they're making room for a running back. That's a good move. Um, yeah, Bilal Powell's done with football. I would, I would think, um, Elijah McGuire didn't look great in his
0: time. Reminds the coaches of Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Le'Veon Bell, I, I'm trading him away. I, there's, there's not an offensive line that really, really, really needs a running back that would give him a workhorse role. So, um, him, but I'm, I'm going to say Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron would be my other guy I would sell because like, I'll buy him from you too. Well, we look at all these opportunities for tight ends, and like looking at Ebron, like he benefited from a lot of volume this year. And it's not to say that volume won't be there for a tight end in Indianapolis, you know. But Jack Doyle is going to come back healthy; he's going to be fine. But the biggest thing for me is where Eric Ebron is the most, you know, where he got most of his fantasy value is in the red zone. And I do not see any way possible that we see the Colts ignore the wide receiver position again. I think that they're going to address the wide receiver position. There's plenty of big wide receivers in this draft, and Keel Harry, a lot of people like. Like him, uh, Hakeem Butler, like there's some big bodied wide receivers who can go up and get it. Uh, JJ Whiteside, uh, there, there's so many wide receivers that they can go out and get in like the second round if they wanted to. Again, they may hit free agency. I don't know, but there's not many big names coming out. I just feel like once they get a bigger wide receiver, Andrew Luck is going to find another red zone uh receiver to hit outside of Eric Ebron, outside of Jack Doyle, outside of T.Y. Hilton, because he has to. You saw it when they went to play the Chiefs. Uh, he just ran out of weapons that, you know, it, it was amazing to see what Andrew Luck did this year with the limited weapons. And I think Eric Ebron was just a product of touchdowns. I don't I still don't think he's a very good
0: football player. You know, here's what I think is going to happen though. I, I I don't think they're going to spend a first round pick on a wide receiver, maybe a second round pick. I don't know if these guys are going to to play especially well right away and Jack Doyle is going to be involved but we saw Andrew Luck involve two tight ends no matter who his two tight ends were I think Eric Ebron plays some wide receiver he can do it
1: I think yeah that's the thing I do believe that he's going to have value but I think where his value is right now where people have him ranked where they're taking him among tight ends I just feel like he's extremely overvalued at this moment
0: it is it is a little too high now that I'm looking I agree
1: yeah he's being drafted in dynasty formats right now ahead of Hunter Henry that shouldn't happen like ever that's not even close like I don't understand why Eric Ebron is considered
0: a top seven dynasty tight end. You're right. That isn't even close. I I think I would... Pick Henry about 45 or 50 picks ahead of Ebron in Dynasty, maybe more.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have Ebron just because I'm not as high on him as everyone else. I just think that he's one of those guys that you could find on the waiver wire. I'm not saying like his production that he had this year, but someone who's touchdown heavy and in a good offense that was kind of overlooked during the draft process because there was another one on the roster. I have him as my number eight Dynasty tight end, but if you were to say that you wanted to take Trey Burton over him or Dallas Goddard,
0: I'd be okay with taking those guys over him if you wanted to. Wow. Okay. All right, man. Well, uh, this one is going to turn some heads too. And again, I'm not doing this to turn heads or to be bold or anything like that. This is who I would really sell if he was on my team. James Connor. Mm. You know, it's just the, with tags, it's, it's the whole principle of running backs, they change so quick. Le'Veon Bell this time last year was a top five dynasty asset. Now he's going number 25. You know, we had Nick Chubb just a few days ago was a top 10 dynasty asset. He's already dropped down to 17. You know, because they they signed uh, Kareem Hunt, which we probably should have talked about at the beginning of the show. I don't know what they're going to do here. I guess Duke Johnson's on his way out, and maybe they're going to use Chubb for one year, and then it's Hunt, and then they trade Chubb. I have no idea what's going on here. But with running backs, injuries happen so often. People get old really quick. James Conner, what's going to happen to him when Big Ben's gone? Is this still going to be a great running offense where you could put anyone in there? Jalen Samuels, and he's a monster? Or is it going to be all of a sudden James Conner has to do it by himself?
1: Yeah, James Conner's a good one, man. I'm, 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 I'm actually happy that you put him on this list. I, I feel like he's someone that I would have no hesitation to trade away if I got a good enough offer. He's not someone I don't think I actively need to just because Roethlisberger is still there. And If Antonio Brown's traded, that's going to lower his value too. I know some people be like, oh, but it's more opportunity. I think the offense overall just starts to struggle a little bit more without Antonio Brown. So, um, I have James Conner as my number 12 running back in dynasty. So I'm not like particularly high on him. I'm, I don't think I'm crazy low. You're a little bit lower than consensus.
0: I've got him down at 16
1: yeah I mean like if if you were to tell me that you wanted to take Dalvin Cook over him I'd say yeah that, I'm, I'm good with that if you wanted to take Sony Michelle over him okay I'll take Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette too but Sony Michelle the reason I would take James Conner over Sony is because I know Conner's involved in the passing game and Sony we don't know what's going to happen with him when Gronk leaves when when Brady leaves it's like I understand Bill Belichick's still there and that's why I still value Sony relatively high Um, but there are some concerns about his game so it's just I could see it going
0: either way. Plus Rex Burkhead coming back. James White still there. Uh, but Michelle's gonna get a bunch of red zone work. I don't know. I, I, I still like Sonny Michelle and I, have got him one spot ahead of Connor for what it's worth. I've got Aaron Jones a lot higher. I've got Dalvin Cook a ton higher. I've got Leonard Fournette higher. I got Darius Geis a little bit higher too.
1: Yep. Aaron Jones, uh, I have right there, right outside the top 10. Like he's, he's ahead of James Connor for me. I think Aaron Jones, I would take Aaron Jones over Dalvin Cook, I think.
0: Woo! Okay. mm hmm I mean, I need to check rosters right now to make sure that you don't have Dalvin Cook in any leagues, because if you do, we need to talk to it immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know me. I'm the big Dalvin Cook guy next year. In, in fact, our bet is probably going to be, this time last year, we were talking about Christian McCaffrey is going to be my guy. The bet's going to be centered around him. So let's just say it now. Dalvin Cook is going to be my guy. We will figure out a bet on this one. Nice. Very cool. It's the rubber match, man. We've got one-to-one right now, so whoever wins this is the hot mama. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing it's not mock drafts because, I mean, how many times have I won in a row now? You know, I I don't know. I'm just saving all of my good performances for right before the season when we get a lot more <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I told you this, Tags, but for the people who, uh, who don't listen to the baseball podcast, I just did an MLB mock draft against Dan Harris. And my losing streak continued. Like, I built this great team. I got an A and everything. Dan got an A+, plus, which never happens. Like, you could do 20 drafts. Chances are you aren't going to get an A+, and Dan got an A-plus against me. So the losing streak continues. It's a bummer, but it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Nice. All right, Tex, let's uh, change gears here, and we'll turn to three players that you can buy a lot cheaper than they're actually worth. Who do you want to start us off with?
1: all right so uh, we've talked about him on the show a couple times already and I think the hire of Bruce Arians further cements this and uh Jameis Winston it's very rare that you could find a player who's uh on the like you know some people dropped him on dynasty rosters because they thought that the bucks were going to cut him you know after getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick you know everybody thought it was over uh so Jameis Winston especially if you're in like a two quarterback format I think he's one of the better uh second quarterbacks you could have on your roster and I I mentioned to Bobby I think that you know if we fast forward to August right now I think that Jameis Winston will be drafted as a top 10 quarterback maybe top eight so if you can get him in dynasty right now as a young quarterback working with a great pass catchers Mike Evans Chris Godwin OJ Howard so these guys you know he's got a great surrounding cast he's got a great coach they're only going to build offensive line can only improve yes the offensive line has been terrible they need to address that but uh, he's someone that I think his value can only go up from
0: where it's at right now I was reading the other day too that his issues have been mechanical they fixed that He's an MVP candidate in my mind. He's got that type of, I mean, I don't think he's better than Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or really even close, but he could put up the type of numbers where people are going to say... Hey, this guy's in the MVP conversation.
1: I don't think it's mechanical with him. I think it's decision making. I think he's been somewhat of a, a, a gunslinger. I did see what you were talking about. I think it was an article, um, but I did not agree with it. I think it's always been in his head. I, I think I think that he's a gunslinger. Instead of taking the sack, some, sometimes he'll throw the ball up and you know in a double coverage, and it's been a mistake. And towards the end of the season, you started seeing him hit. Uh, you know, Adam Humphreys became like such a, a big name in fantasy football because I felt like Jameis started to get smarter and check the ball down a little bit more than he had in years past, and it you you have to take the pros and the cons right once he does that i believe it's going to raise his confidence the coaches will become more confident in him and obviously he has that rushing ability too so uh yeah
0: i like Jameis as a, a one of the better by lows in dynasty his gunslinging by the way is what's going to get him 5000 yards 40 touchdowns and i i don't think that that's an exaggeration because you look what him and what him and ryan fitzpatrick did together and he was a top 3 fantasy quarterback this season i'm looking at my redraft rankings for next year i got mahomes rogers luck. And then it's either him or Matt Ryan at four or five. And that's a lot higher than everyone else has on Jameis Winston. But if he's the starter, why not? This is what Tampa Bay passers do. Right now in dynasty leagues, he's down at 13 ADP behind Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Oh man, I am buying Jameis Winston all day. And in fact, I thought about putting him on here, but for most people, quarterbacks don't especially matter as much. But you know, in dynasty leagues, People who are playing Dynasty Leagues are smarter than people who aren't playing Dynasty Leagues, right? Because it's just better. And they're also probably playing two quarterbacks because it's just better. If you are, go get Jameis Winston, please. He is a huge value right now. For sure. Who do you got on your list? I have his teammate, OJ Howard. I mean, you sold me on him. We were going through all those stats and everything last time, and we're talking about just how efficient he is. One of the most efficient starts to a career for a tight end of all time. He's going to get the targets. I think Cameron Braid is gone now, and OJ Howard is just a monster in every way. He's going to move into that elite tier really quickly. Maybe be the top tight end soon for five or six years stretch.
1: Yep. I, I mean, I have OJ Howard up in my rankings. I have him at number five Um between him and David Njoku. I mean, I really don't care which one you want to pick between the two, but I think those are the two that I have right behind Kelsey,
0: Ertz, and Kittle in my dynasty rankings. Okay. And with that said, I do have OJ Howard ahead of Kelsey, like I mentioned earlier, in my dynasty leagues, but frankly, you could probably get a first round pick with O.J. Howard in a trade for Kelsey so I would try that first uh, I love O.J. Howard in Dynasty League's tags who do you have at number two oh uh, yeah number two I this, it was so tough to make this list because I feel like I could put together such a
1: list I think Mike Williams is someone that's that people are going to like scoff at and be like ha
0: Mike Williams but oh uh, yeah this is just like Will Fuller where he's just have a weird touchdown rate and it's not going to keep up Totally different players.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is Mike Williams? His touchdowns are sustainable with Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers hasn't had a, a wide receiver like Mike Williams since you go back to Vincent Jackson, and I don't even think Vincent Jackson had the prowess that Mike Williams does. Like the aggressiveness to go up and get the ball. Vincent Jackson was a big receiver, but he wasn't necessarily a physical one. Mike Williams can be that physical one. You know, now that Tyrell Williams is, is going to be gone, I like Mike Williams as a full time player, and I he doesn't have to share the targets as much. Keenan Allen's getting further in his career, where it's like he's a more of a route runner. He's a finesse player underneath. They use him in different ways. But Mike Williams, the target should only go up for him. You know, um so I, I do believe that you saw a glimpse of what he can do and that's why I think his value definitely shot up. Like some people are excited about Cortland Sutton. Some people are really excited about DJ Moore. I would take Mike Williams over those players right now.
0: No, you would
1: not. Are you serious? I would. I, I think that Mike Williams is a better receiver than Cortland Sutton. His quarterback situation is
0: much better. I was mostly referring to DJ Moore.
1: DJ Moore, I'm, um, he's another one I'm concerned about his situation in terms of like who he's going to have under center. Cam Newton, you know, they're expecting him to come back. Is his shoulder the same? Um, you know, you have a lot of playmakers there. You have Curtis Samuel. You have uh, Christian McCaffrey who's going to be involved. I just don't know if there's going to be much consistency with DJ Moore, even if Cam Newton is back to find because he's never produced a wide receiver who just produces week in week out and especially with the type of offense they're running I think it's going to be a little bit more up and down production where Mike Williams could give you more of that
0: you know that wide receiver two presence nearly every week you know I I agree I think Mike Williams is undervalued I'd rather have him than Alshon Jeffrey Cortland Sutton who you mentioned Jarvis Landry pretty close with Cooper Cup I think I'd prefer Cooper Cup I'd prefer Calvin Ridley but it's really close um but Chris Godwin is is too far. DJ Moore is too far for me. Um what's amazing tags is Mike Williams is just one spot ahead of Will Fuller. Oh, that is not even close. Is Will Fuller even the number 2 for Houston? I think it's QT well QT is going to definitely take some targets and that's the
1: thing is like we don't, we've don't we never really seen all these guys in the field at the same time it's like Fuller's been in and out of the lineup Hopkins has been the only guy that's been on the field the entire time and he's produced no matter who's out there I think it's fair to say Hopkins is going to lose some of his upside with Fuller and QT there I think Fuller relies a bit too much on the big play um, and then QT is more of like the funnel guy where it's like he's going to get funneled targets and he's going to be a bit more consistent so Will Fuller could very well just turn into like a Deshaun Jackson and that's a
0: very good football player it just might not be be a very consistent one not great for fantasy right yeah I I, that makes me nervous for fantasy but yeah that's who I think Will Fuller is anyway he's just not a complete wide receiver is a good talent a good real-life football player to have on your squad but for fantasy I don't want any part of him now tags because I guess I was so Excited to uh, get your opinion on what I should have done with the washing hand store I forgot to talk about the news. Now I mentioned Kareem Hunt earlier. We'll get to that in just a second, but Joe Flacco was just traded to the Denver Broncos. He
1: was. And it's unfortunately
0: has no effect on how I'm going to draft him or Case Keenum
1: because neither of them are going to be draftable. But what we have to look at is how this affects his wide receivers. Like that's the biggest fallout from this trade in that, you know, Baltimore is moving to Lamar Jackson. I think we kind of knew that already. Uh, they already, you know, Told us that, but this has more to do with the Broncos. You know, they have the 10th overall pick in this draft and a lot of people expected them to take a quarterback. After this trade, I don't know if that still happens. I think it's very possible because we're not going to find out the details of Joe Flacco, like everything that's involved in the trade and, you know, what the, what they're going to do once they get him. Are they going to restructure his contract? Are they planning on renting him for one year and then eating an $8 million cap hit next year? I don't know. Um, it's hard for us to say, but, If they keep both Keenum and Flacco on the roster, it kind of tells me that they're not going to be drafting a quarterback this year, which, that's not good, because Keenum was already bad enough for Cortland Sutton's fantasy value. He was bad enough for Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders was kind of the most productive, and then when we we saw him go down, it was Deshaun Hamilton who stepped into the same role in that slot, and that's basically, if you go back to the Minnesota days, Case Keenum loves his slot receiver, and he used Adam Thielen an awful lot when he was there, so... This hurts everyone because Joe Flacco just does not produce top 20 fantasy wide receivers. I think there's been one wide receiver in all years who has played with Joe Flacco and finished uh, as a top 15 wide receiver. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, I think that was Derek Mason back like over five years ago. And Joe Flacco has just been... He's been terrible. I don't, I don't understand the move at all. It could be, you know, a veteran presence and they feel like he's a better leader or teacher
0: to a young quarterback that they're going to draft in case Keenum because to get rid of Keenum, I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. And that's why I think this is a good move because you can't win with case Keenum. I guess they could have just kept case Keenum, but in my mind, this says, I'm not drafting a quarterback, which is good, because if you do now, you're not going to get a first-round quarterback. I think maybe Haskins has a first-round value. I don't really see a first-round value in anyone else. I like Clayton Thorson, but you wouldn't have to take him in the first round. And so you can just wait until the defense gets worse, and you can finally get a good pick, take a great quarterback eventually that can actually win you a Super Bowl, because none of these quarterbacks in this year's draft class are going to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's tough to say. I mean, landing spots going to matter for a lot of these quarterbacks, but I mean, this is just, this feels terrible for Broncos fans. I mean, you're going to eat $10 million to get rid of Case Keenum. I mean, was, was Joe Flacco even an upgrade over
0: Case Keenum? I'd, I'd rather have Case Keenum.
1: I, I, am not going to sit here and say that either one is the clear cut winner here. And that kind of tells me all that I need to know. You gave up, they give up a fourth round pick to get Joe Flacco. And his contract, which currently carries a fourth round pick and $10 million. Yeah, and it, exactly. And on top of that, Flacco's contract right now has three years left on it with over $60 million. Now, granted, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's an out in the contract where they can pay him this year and then cut him after this year and take an $8 million um cap hit but still I, I
0: just don't see the point in it I don't all right tags let's talk about Kareem Hunt because now that he's with the Browns what are they gonna do with Nick Chubb Duke Johnson I just don't know this
1: is not the end of whatever moves the Browns are gonna do there's no way that they go into the season with Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt with Duke Johnson someone well someone is going to get moved and I don't believe it's Nick Chubb because well I mean they drafted him last year uh very high they like the player uh you know walking when the move happened it my response was why I mean, why? I, I really, it makes no sense. And apparently John Dorsey, it's, it's about a personal thing and helping Kareem Hunt turn his life around.
0: Kareem Hunt's from Cleveland too, I'm pretty sure.
1: I know. And that, and that's the thing is so my issue with this entire thing is that the Browns, I mentioned this in the last podcast that I believe that this team can contend for the playoffs and if not Super Bowl next year with all of the talent they have on the roster, with all the cap space that they have, with, with all the draft picks that they have, everything is lining up well for them. And then you go and you bring negative attention to your team like this. I feel like Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson are the perfect one, two duo. You don't need any more than that. I've already heard people saying, is this the best one, two duo that we've ever had in the game? No, because they're a similar running back. I don't think that I would prefer running backs that complement each other like Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb. What did Nick Chubb not do for your team when you asked him to step into that role, when you traded away Carlos Hyde. I mean, you had three running backs like this last year and what did it do? It wasted, you wasted Nick Chubb for half the season. You didn't use Duke Johnson all season. You know, Freddie kitchen's offense, it used one running back. You look at the, you know, Munkin is coming in there as the offensive coordinator. Now, did they use multiple running backs in in Tampa? Not really. I don't get
0: this move a single bit. It makes zero sense. Like, it's funny because I had the con. The only thing I can think is that Hunt's going to be suspended for maybe a year. I don't know. Maybe he's suspended for six weeks or something. Who knows if Chubb's healthy by then because running backs just get hurt so much.
1: I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's unnecessary negative attention you're bringing to your football team. You know, the Bears are a team that. A lot of people were mentioning because Matt Nagy had a tie to Kareem Hunt back in Kansas City and Jordan Howard just doesn't really fit uh, the system and how they run out of the shotgun more often. So it was like, it kind of made sense. But like me as a Bears fan, I was sitting here saying, is it worth the negative attention you're going to get by bringing Kareem Hunt? I know everybody wants to root for a comeback story. I'm not rooting for Kareem Hunt yet. I haven't gotten over everything that's happened.
0: You know what I mean? Like I never will. I will always root against Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and all these guys I'm not, I'm never interested in rooting for them as a comeback story like I'm rooting for him to turn his life around and never do something so stupid again but screw the guy I'll draft him in fantasy football I'll give advice because that's what That that's just the game but Screw him. That's what I'm saying is that with the Bears, all of my friends were telling me that they wanted the Bears to
1: get Kareem Hunt, and I, I felt torn on it. I'm like, I want the Bears to win, and does he help you win football games? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that he's going to make a difference between a Super Bowl and not, but does he help your team? Sure. So it's like always that torn thing is like, what do you want more? Do you want to win or do you... And I don't think that the Browns needed Kareem Hunt to win because I think Nick Chubb is a better running back than Kareem Hunt. Don't forget what Andy Reid does to running backs. Did Damian Williams look great in Miami? Nobody wanted Damian Williams in free agency. Why is that? All of a sudden, people are telling me that he's a top 12 running back this year. So is it Andy Reid or is its it... what is it? You know, like, is it Damian Williams is just so damn good that you have to have? It? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Stop, please. Everyone stop. Nick Chubb is better than Kareem Hunt. There was no reason for the signing. I really do hope that it was like, we're going to take this. I Here's what I hope. Because I've become like a closet Browns fan because of like, and this was before they even drafted Baker. I was rooting for them. I felt like the things were lining up and when they took Baker. I was like, yes. And the, everything they were doing was working. I'm hoping that they sign Kareem Hunt, hoping to hear back from the suspension that it's six games. And some people are saying that actually the suspension may have started last year with the games that he missed. So let's say it's three games and all of a sudden they have his rights for two years and they can trade him. Then that they do trade him thinking that he had some sort of value because it costs them nothing to sign him and there's no guaranteed money on the contract. So that's my only hope. So I don't want to totally say the Browns like this is the worst thing you've ever done. But if you plan on keeping him, I think it's the worst thing
0: you've done. You know what I want to see, Tags? I want to see Antonio Brown go to the Browns. <laughs> I mean, the team's already named after him.
1: You're, I mean, you're bringing negative attention. Why not bring some more? That, <laughs> that guy is, um, you know, I, I've i always known wide receivers were divas. And now we're getting in. We know he's going to the
0: Patriots, though. There's
1: so many people that, like, like, you're listening to the show, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, where did all this hate come from? Because you're bringing up these topics that it's like, I I don't understand what's happening. Like Antonio Brown, what, do, what is so bad about your scenario in Pittsburgh? Like, please tell me, is it because Juju was named MVP of your team? Because that's when all the
0: problems seem to start. I know it started before then, too. Remember when he missed the practice and then he said, trade me, see what happens? Because somebody said he was only good because of the system or whatever. That's when it started. And then the song he releases, I do
1: what I want. Dude, I'm sorry. Missed his court date. (laughs) Football is more than a one-man sport. There's a reason that... He's really good, though. There's a reason that some of the best quarterbacks in the game don't even make the playoffs. You know, There's a reason that they don't make the Super Bowl every year. There's a reason that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers each have one Super Bowl. Because it requires a team to win a Super Bowl. Antonio Brown, you are not bigger than this game. I love your talent. Like, he is one of the most talented wide receivers I've ever seen. But this is childish. This is legit something that my 16 year old daughter would do. <laughs> Don't let her listen to this, man. Oh, she, I mean, she'd probably like the song that he played on his Instagram. So I. <laughs>
0: I don't know. All right, man. Here's my second name, and we're going to start moving a little bit faster here because we went a little bit off the rails there. But it was necessary. I I thought it was good conversation. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Royce Freeman, and uh, you know, it's kind of the opposite of what I'm saying with Derrick Henry. Is you sell these running backs before they, you know, kind of lose some of their steam? He's uh, Derrick Henry's getting old or whatever. And uh, Royce Freeman, I think you buy him now because. The cream rises to the top and he's an extremely good running back. If Philip Lindsay wasn't there, I think we'd be talking about Royce Freeman as a third round pick this time next year.
1: Yeah, I would actually say that Philip Lindsay might be a sell high and Royce
0: Freeman might be a buy low. I mean, if Lindsay gets hurt, where would Freeman be on your big board?
1: Oh, for next year's draft? Yeah. Uh, With Joe Flacco, I think it might drag him down. Uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no,
0: in reality, he would be a top 15 running back. Yeah, I think so too. So I want to buy him now because he is dirt cheap. Eventually he's going to find his way into a starting lineup one place or another. And he's really talented. I love Royce Freeman. He's extremely talented. I think that, I think that he's better than people think. And I, I honestly, th- I said he's Le'Veon Bell Light at last, this time last year.
1: I thought he was more Jordan Howard-esque with better hands. Like, I, I feel like his vision is fantastic and that's something you can't teach. But, um, I think the trade for Joe Flacco today actually, it gives a bit of hope for, for Royce Freeman owners. And I say that because, Basically, Case Keenum was was signed with the you know the previous head coach last year. They're already moving on from that, and like they, they've brought in a new entirely new coaching staff. And it's like, so is this Elway saying you know we're going to do things our way and we're gonna like and so we're bringing in Flacco out with Case Keenum? Not to say that Philip Lindsay wasn't good because he was. He really struggled down the stretch. Like Philip Lindsay's last three or four games of the season were not good at all. So it's like Royce Freeman, they drafted him. The front office drafted him. They're still in place. So I, I feel like. Uh, Royce Freeman could be someone that they might trade or they might actually, you know,
0: increase his role next season. All right, Tags, I've got my third name here. I'm just going to skip you. Um, we'll go back to you in just a second, but I was ready to do this, so let's go. Deion Kane is somebody that I want to buy. Uh, this is only for deeper leagues. Obviously, he doesn't really have a standard 12 team, 15 player roster appeal, but I think he's going to be the number two wide receiver in Indianapolis. And I do think that he's as talented as T.Y. Hilton. I think T.Y. Hilton is what he is because of Andrew Luck. We saw what he was without Andrew Luck. It was a, what was he? 35th best wide receiver in football I think that's who he is I think Deion Kane can be that someday and he's gonna have Andrew Luck for the extent of his career
1: yeah that might just depend on you know what the Colts do in the draft I mean Deion Kane uh was impressing people in OTAs and stuff like that so I think it's very possible that Deion Kane is like a very a good sleeper next year if the Colts don't address the wide receivers in the draft
0: all right who's your last one tags
1: Corey Davis uh I'm gonna I'm gonna live and die with this kid's talent and um so many people are giving up and saying you know
0: Amari Cooper 2.0 for you is that what you're saying I
1: don't I, I don't think he's as good as Amari he's He's a different receiver. Um, he's not quite the route runner that Amari Cooper is, but, uh, Corey Davis is a guy that you get the ball in his hands and he does some work after the catch. He, he, he does have a big catch radius. He can go up and get it. He beat one of the best cornerbacks in football in Stephon Gilmore. He beat him all over the field. And it really came down to, can Marcus Mariota get him the ball? And, you know, if Mariota, if, if he's someone that, you know, if he doesn't make it through this year or if they decide to move on, I don't think the quarterback situation can get much worse, you know? So Corey Davis going into his third season, um, I would imagine he's going to be with the Titans for five years. But hopefully it's either Mariota, you know, makes a turn and, you know, they, they decide that we're going to stick with him because he showed glimpses of what we, we had hoped was a franchise quarterback. Or they say after this year, say if he has an up and down year, he suffers some more injuries. They're like, we have to get another answer here. And they bring in someone else. I feel like Corey Davis, the talent eventually will rise. And I think at wide receiver, it's one that you have to be patient with. Running back, it's going to show itself almost right away because talent equals opportunity plus talent equals greatness, right? Wide receivers, a lot of times you'll see them take a couple years to to ramp up in production. So I think Corey Davis is uh still still a buy low.
0: We've compared him to Brandon Marshall in the past. And Brandon Marshall, here's his career fantasy finishes. Wide receiver 9, wide receiver 11, wide receiver 9, 28. 13, 2, 6, 35 when he was injured. Wide receiver, 3. That's a great, great career.
1: Yep, and Corey Davis, that, that was my comp when I did his, play, his rookie profile before he went to the Titans was that... He he reminded me of Brandon Marshall 2.0. And again, it might just take some time for for players to get there. And we've seen glimpses of Corey Davis going off. He wasn't healthy throughout his entire first season in the NFL. Didn't get much work in the offseason with Mariota. Um, and then this year, the targets were there and there were glimpses again. But I felt like it was more inconsistent quarterback play than anything.
0: All right, Tags. So let's do some dynasty trade scenarios. And obviously, you guys can go look at all this for yourself because Tags has the article up for you. It's called the Dynasty Trade Value Chart. He updated it just a couple weeks ago. Um, and and really nothing has changed since then. Maybe a little tiny thing here or there, but you can look it up. But let me ask you this, Dags. Okay, say you've got Patrick Mahomes and somebody wants him in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. They've got the number four overall pick. Are you trading Patrick Mahomes for that fourth overall pick?
1: Oh man, that's tough. In this draft, no, I probably wouldn't trade away Patrick Mahomes for the number four overall pick this year. I, I, it would require more for me. And I know some people are like, well, don't don't overvalue quarterbacks too much. And I don't. Um But when you have Patrick Mahomes, a young quarterback who's going to be, you know, he's going to be starting for your team for years and years to come. You don't want to give him away for something that's unsure. And, you know, the number four pick in this year's draft, like we're going to be talking about it. And a lot of people have asked me on Twitter. Are, are you guys going to cover the draft? I promise you will be more than ready for the NFL draft to know who your team drafts, what we think of those players, and what it means for fantasy. I promise you will be covering everyone. We're going to do individual episodes on each position to go through and get you guys ready for that. But uh it's going to be like a fire hydrant of information. Yes. As much as you guys basically want, we'll provide it. So uh, the number four overall pick, I, I feel like it's very situation dependent. And when you hear that, it means... There's really not many, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to use the term generational talents, but I don't think there's many elite talents in this draft where, you know, ranking them is going to come down to their landing spot. So for me, I, I want a sure thing, uh, you know, if I'm trading away a top four
0: pick, and Patrick Mahomes is obviously a sure thing, but I'm going to hang on to Patrick Mahomes in that scenario. You know, right now, Patrick Mahomes is number 35 in dynasty rankings. Uh, if you look at the, the top four last year, Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, um, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, the The worst guy there in that group is going number 42 right now. So it's right around Mahomes, but this draft class is worse. I'd rather have Mahomes, but it's really close. That's just to show you just how valuable these top picks usually are, is that it's close for Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I know you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really close with you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are right next to each other for me.
1: I'm not gonna sit here and argue. I think if you want, I'm talking, for fantasy wise, if you told me you wanted to take Mahomes over Rodgers, I'm not gonna argue with you, but I'd still take- If Aaron Rodgers was on the Chiefs. I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not saying it. I'm just gonna say that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. But for fantasy, if you want to take Mahomes, it's fine. Tex,
0: let's say you've got an early second run pick. There's usually someone you're really excited about, but you know what? The people in your league are a lot more excited than you should be about a second round pick. Say you've got a second round pick and you can go out and trade it for somebody like Jarek McKinnon or James White. Would you do it?
1: Um, I would take Jarek McKinnon, yes. Um, because like he was signed to a contract that's. I'd even take Ronald Jones. Yeah, Ronald Jones, I, I would still probably do it because of the offense that he's in now. And I think that Bruce Arians can make a difference. But yeah, for the top of the second round, typically what you're looking at in the second round, I mentioned earlier in the podcast is that Orleans Darkwell, that's the career that you're looking at for an early, for a second round pick. If you want to look at only early second round picks, it's the career of Mike Gillisley. And what did Gillisley give you? He gave you one good year for his career. So that second round pick is like, it's very hit or miss. And a lot of times you're going to be looking at a bad backup running back, looking to get an opportunity if there's an injury in front of him. So I would rather take Jarek McKinnon. The contract he was signed to says they're going to use
0: him. I agree. And it's really not very close for me.
1: Yeah. McKinnon, uh, according to my trade value chart, McKinnon is worth 24. An early second round pick is worth 19. So again, I, I definitely would take McKinnon in that scenario. I would take Ronald Jones as well. Some players that I would I would take the early second round pick, according to my trade value chart. I would take uh, that pick maybe over someone like Deion Lewis. I would take that pick over Alex Collins because those guys, I kind of know what they are at this point in their career, and I would rather take the unknown in the high second round pick just because it's like, maybe I'll get something like light, lightning in a bottle, whereas Deion
0: Lewis and Alex Collins are never going to be every week starters for you again. Tags, looking back at last year, the second round pick netted you someone like Kalen Bellage or Antonio Calloway. I mean, I would so much rather have Jarek McKinnon than one of those guys, right? James Washington was a second round pick last year. Yep. Now that Adam Gase is, is out of Miami, we might see Kenyon
1: Drake. He might be someone to buy in dynasty leagues because the talent's there. Kenyon Drake, you think so? Yeah. I think Kenyon Drake's talented and I think that he should. I mean, like, if you, if you, t- like, I put him in the conversation of dynasty trade value with, with Gase gone. I put him in the area of someone like Devonta Freeman or Jordan Howard. Like, that's the area that I have Drake in. So I would take Drake 100% over that early second
0: round pick. Let me ask you this, Tags. Who is the worst wide receiver that you would trade the first pick in the third round for?
1: Oh, the first pick in the third round. Oh, man. Like, would you t- would you trade it for Marquise Lee? I'd take Marquise Lee. Me too. 100%. Would you trade it for Zay Jones? <sighs> that's where it gets iffy. I think that's at the exact territory where you're at. I think you're looking at Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar. Robert Foster, Equinamia St. Brown. Yeah, some people will say Foster's worth more, but I, I'm, I still, I'm very skeptical about Robert Foster right now, but it, I mean. Watch the tape again, you're wrong. <laughs> I could be, and that's what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like, Josh Doxson, if you want to trade him for a third rounder, I'm fine with that. Even Devin Funches, I'd probably trade away
0: for a third rounder. Alright, yeah. Third rounders are basically worthless. Pretty much every single year, I'm trading my second and third round pick. And I wait until the offseason because people start listening to these podcasts about drafts. And they're just like, I want all these draft picks. I'm in love with all these players. They come to realize this guy's never going to play a down in the NFL because how many people actually do trade your second and third round picks? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I wouldn't do Devin Funches for a third. It depends on his landing
1: spot, because he's going to be a free agent. But, um, but that's basically the territory you're talking about. Like, Josh Doxson, the failed guys, Doxson, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, like the guys that have failed that were probably second round picks in, in rookie drafts a short while ago. And that goes into, Bobby, this is a good segue right into, um, you know, how we approach a startup dynasty. And I always, you know, when you're talking about like rookie drafts, like if you're doing a rookie only draft, I'm definitely leaning running backs a lot more often. And I'm doing that because wide receivers, they often lose value from the year that they're drafted to the next year. You know, even guys like Cortland Sutton, people valued him so high last year. Now it's like he's a starting receiver, but I don't think he's gained value since where he was drafted last year, even though he had a decent
0: season. I think he probably went backwards. I think that you can wait for those guys' stock to go down Buy them and then it comes back up. Whereas running backs, you get their value right away. That's
1: exactly how I feel, Bobby. Cause like, you know, like teams that take running backs in the top three rounds, They're almost always going to use them, unless they're the Seahawks, because that, that's just a rare situation. (laughs) But most of the time, running backs drafted in the top three rounds are going to walk in and be starters, or at the very least, they're going to be in a timeshare. So like, that's usually when you're going to get production right away, and those guys aren't going to lose value for the next year. You could, it's almost, you can view it as like a rent a player, and it's like, his stock might go up because he's a starting running back. Whereas a wide receiver, typically, like someone like Corey Davis, it's going to take, you know, two years, three years sometimes for
0: them to fully blossom into the player they're going to be. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, you know, we get this question all the time. When, when you're doing a startup dynasty draft, I've never done it before. What would you recommend? If I had 30 seconds to tell you, I would say this. Get as many young wide receivers as possible, not the rookies, because I agree with tags on that. I would get second and third year wide receivers, and I would get two good tight ends. Two of the top 12 tight ends, because in dynasty leagues, especially the deeper ones, if you lose your starting tight end, you're all of a sudden starting like, Joe Schmo like the 28th best tight end because there is nobody to pick up you want two good ones if you lose your tight end you've got an answer and then I would draft older running backs to win now And when I say older I mean guys who have been around for like four or five years Le'Veon Bell Melvin Gordon David Johnson because everyone's going to be super excited about these young guys who just like Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon maybe only have two or three years left under them just because running backs they they end so quickly and you can get Le'Veon Bell, who's probably a top 15 fantasy running back. Melvin Gordon is still a top five fantasy running back for this year, and maybe the next year, and so forth. I want to win now in Dynasty Leagues because next year is never promised. Things change so quickly. Des Bryant was the number one consensus fantasy dynasty wide receiver. Not only wide receiver, overall four years ago. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I I always say that your window to win if you're doing a startup dynasty, you you should look at it like NFL contracts, three to four years. Because beyond that, we don't have we have no idea where that player will be. We have no idea who their quarterback will be, what coach is they're going to be playing under. Sometimes it's even less than that. So if you want to say two to three years, I'm fine with that. Because if you go and look at Dynasty ADP from four or five years ago It is ugly. Like CJ Spiller was considered a top three player in Dynasty for, for a while. Oh, yuck, dude. Eddie Lacy was considered a top 10 player. So you like look at these and you're like, holy crap. And there's players like that right now where you look at Dynasty ADP and you're like, oh, these guys are all studs. They're not going to be looked at in 40, in four years. There's going to be some players you're like, what the hell were we thinking? So you always have to view it short term and understand that. And if, you know, you, you just don't know what the future brings. So I always take proven talent over unproven when torn between two players. Like if you're torn between a rookie coming in and, you know, like let's say you're staring at the clock, right? And, you know, Robert Woods is there, but then DK Metcalf is, is there and you're like, wow, I like DK Metcalf. He's young and his upside is massive. I'm still going to take Robert Woods because I know it's guaranteed production. And I, I and understand that DK Metcalf's ceiling is probably higher, but it doesn't mean that you should go that way. You know, you always want to get rookies at a
0: discount because, again, it's unproven talent, and a lot of times those players just don't work out. Can I tell you something, Tags, that would probably surprise, hopefully no one in my dynasty league is listening? I never, ever punt towards the future for dynasty leagues every single year i'm trying to win and it's the same scenario when i get draft picks i'm using those draft picks to win now or i'm trading them to get guys i can buy low on like those second third year wide receivers i am never trying to kick the can down the road and maybe i'll win next year because who knows the pieces i've got next year who knows if they'll even be in the nfl if they'll tear their acl or what have you they get suspended there are so many things that change you can't plan for the future let everyone else in your league worry about that You've got the advantage.
1: Yeah, so I never punt either. I never like trade proven commodities for draft picks or anything like that. Like guys that I, I know they're going to produce for a long time. However, I will throw out this scenario. I had a startup dynasty draft last year. It was a, it was a salary league where it's like contracts are involved and you bid on these players at auction and you kind of go through the whole process. And I went the whole zero running back route. Kind of. I got Fournette, and then I was like everybody else. I'm just going to a bunch of mediocre guys that I'm, I could just fill lineup spots. And I'm going to like James White. Yeah, and I'm going to stack up my wide receivers. So Rex Burkhead was one of the running backs, I can't remember one of the other ones, maybe it may have been Kenyon Drake, but I basically everybody got hurt and or suspended. Uh like Fournette. Well then yeah, of course pick up the picks. And then I was screwed, right? And then I had to realize halfway through the season it's like, okay I have to win basically six games in a row, otherwise I'm out. So I'm like, I'm not going to play to win this year. So what did I do? I looked at some of the players on my team who I felt like were, they were going to lose some value uh, in the offseason. Sammy Watkins was just coming off the biggest game of the year. I know he's been injury prone. I know he's the number two behind Tyreek Hill. So I traded him away for, I think it was two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Looking at those picks, it's difficult to say that what value they have, but I was paid well
0: over what the historic value was. You can do that in mid-season. What I'm saying is off-season, never go into the season saying I'm not competing this year because I've seen some really crappy teams decide to go for it and they win. Because that's what it takes Is you just go for it Because there's so many boneheads Who are saying I'll win next year I'll win in three years I'd like to say I pulled
1: off the trade Of a century too uh, In this league Because I had Like I said I'd given up on this this season And I ended up trading away Before he uh, walked away From the game Or got suspended Whatever you want to call it I traded away Josh Gordon For Robert Woods And David Njoku
0: Oh, oh man that guy
1: should probably quit fantasy football forever he works in the fantasy community i'm not gonna throw out names oh no <laughs> Oh no, he does but he said that basically he was playing he was he was going for the playoffs and woods was on a bye week so he's like i just need i need a win to get into the playoffs so he was basically going all in so he overpaid
0: um but i was more than happy to take woods and joku holy cow man that's that's sad for him okay tex let's end this show we're gonna get into a ton of draft talk like we are gonna cover maybe a 100 players, a 100 skill players. And eventually we're going to do our mock drafts and everything like that. But just to kick things off, tell me the one player from this year's draft for fantasy purposes that you're especially excited about. Yeah, I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. Figured so. Is it because of the picture?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you explain what I mean,
1: by the way? Okay. So DK Metcalf is a wide receiver from Old Miss. Old Miss was known as NWO, nasty wideouts. So there's three wide receivers in that team that were just phenomenal. Him, A.J. Brown, into Marcus Lodge. So all three of them are going to get drafted. So people are worried about DK Metcalf's production because I'm going to be completely honest with everyone listening. I can care less about college production. Are there historic markers that you could look at? Yeah, because talented players are going to get the ball. But there's so much difference like in college football when it comes to quarterback play, when it comes to the the conference they're in, where they're playing, like everything matters. It's so big of a difference between the NFL that I can care
0: less about numbers. Yeah, but hold on. Hold on a second. When his teammate... A.J. Brown, Mm -hmm. in each of the last two years, had more receptions and yards than Metcalf did in three seasons combined. What does that tell you? Well, Metcalf also dealt with injuries,
1: but you could look. You could say the same thing about Cortland Sutton. I can't remember his teammate that was out producing him uh,
0: last year because he. I don't even think he was drafted. He might have been. Stedman Bailey outproduced Tavon Austin. I'm just playing devil's advocate here.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's the thing is like I understand. So what I do with college, I really don't really care about numbers. Like I'll go back and look at them just to put some numbers in an article because I know some people like to look at it. Um, but when I'm like looking and watching prospects and, and ranking them. DK Metcalf is ridiculous. The first play that I actually watched him do, I sat down and watched the Alabama game. Alabama is like a pro defense. A lot of people think that their defense can match up with NFL teams. I'm not one of those people, but they are going to have a lot of guys that are moving on to the NFL level that will be starters. So they're they're very talented. DK Metcalf was the guy started. He tried to move up and play press coverage. Metcalf used some shifty footwork, got around outside of them. They both. The, the DB turned his body relatively quickly, but Metcalf's stop-and-go speed was phenomenal. He beat him down the sideline, he had three yards of separation, the ball was overthrown, he reached out, caught it with his long arms, with his crazy strong fingertips, ran down the sideline for a long, long touchdown. While watching Metcalf, you see a lot of things that he does, he's a size-speed freak, one that y- you cannot teach the size speed combination he has. He's 6'4", 230 plus pounds. In the picture that Bobby's talking about, it showed up the other day. He's been doing workouts for, for the, the combine, trying to get, you know, in, in shape to dominate that. And, you know, we all know that he's physically gifted, but this picture makes him look like he's the
0: Hulk. He's the strongest man that has ever lived. And in fact, I'm not convinced he's actually draft eligible because he might not be a human being. <laughs>
1: you know who else, know who else everybody said that about was, uh, Josh Gordon. And that's actually the perfect comp for DK Metcalf from a physical standpoint is Josh Gordon. These guys are physical freaks. <laughs> he's way bigger than Josh Gordon, man. Josh Gordon is huge. No, but in that picture, it looked like it, but I also, I urge you people to look at this picture online. What it is, do you remember standard definition TVs compared to HD? When you look at HD, everybody looks closer to their real life size, whereas everybody used to to say on uh, standard definition is it made you 10 to 15 pounds heavier I feel like it makes him look that much bigger and I think you're going to see that at the combine I, I feel like it's just like the pictures of Tony Romo when they were released remember how everybody said Tony Romo's fat he was never fat but there's certain it's like it's like the National Enquirer that's how I feel Um so DK Metcalf I think the ceiling is massive if he lands in the right offense however I'm going to put an asterisk by this one because if he
0: winds up with the Bills
1: I'm not going to be excited about it.
0: <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay, tags. I know that a lot of other people like different running backs in this draft class. But my favorite guy is Benny Snell Jr. You know, you knew I was going to say this because I've already mentioned him to you and just said, watch his tape. I've I've bothered you about it like every day, even when you're on vacation. Watch (laughs) his tape. It's not that he's like Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley or anything. There's nobody like that in this year's draft class. But he's probably regarded as what? The consensus 4th, 5th, 6th running back? I think he's the best in this class. He's plus at everything. Size, speed, elusivity, acceleration, vision, balance. Pass catching. Every single thing, Benny Snell is the man. Durability. He's gonna be a workhorse in this league in some offense. Whoever drafts him is gonna install him in that way. And I think he's gonna be great for fantasy.
1: This is one that you and I are gonna disagree on. I actually bring it. I actually went back and watched more of him today because I'm now down to like the second round of the uh the offensive skill players. Because I'll go through and watch two or three games of every prospect, and then I'll go back and start watching more and kind of figure out how I have them ordered. And as of right now, Benny Snell is not someone that I have in my top five running backs. I I I feel like he's a workhorse and that he can, he's going to be able to carry a big workload. But I have big concerns that he totaled over 700 carries in college. That's a lot of workload that teams are going to be worried about. I'd be worried about it. His size comparison. You know who he is? He's Frank Gore. His size comp is Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis and or Isaiah Crowell. So it's like, I, I feel like that's the type of running back he is. Like he's a guy that's going to get what's blocked. I feel like he's a solid running back. But I think he's just a guy to me. Like, I think most people are going to say that he's RB8
0: right now in consensus rankings. He's my RB1. Yeah,
1: I think that he's a solid all-run player. I just don't know if he's built for today's fast-paced NFL is kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with it.
0: All right, man. Well, that's all for today's show. That was a lot of fun and I'm glad we had that little pit stop there where we both went crazy for about five minutes.
1: It was good. I always I like a good rant and, um, the, yeah, those two situations just got my
0: blood boiling <laughs> a little bit. Don't forget to sign up for the signed Amari Cooper helmet giveaway. Thanks to pristineauction.com at fantasypros.com slash contest. And while you're at it, check out what pristineauction.com has for you. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.